Welcome to the Community for Coaches podcast, where we help coaches intentionally and effectively use sports to transform lives. All right. Well, we've got a real treat today um, on the podcast. We've got Ryan Kraskowski, our founder, who's going to be joining me for uh, this interview. And I'm going to let him actually introduce our guest today. Thanks, Alec. And it is a it is a treat, as you mentioned, and a privilege to to introduce our audience to to Coach Fred Merrill. Uh, Fred and I have known each other for well over 10 years, going on about 13 years. But Fred has a, a history here in the Kansas City area that goes well beyond that. Uh, and I'll let him talk a little bit about that. But Fred moved to Kansas City uh, many decades ago when he was six years old, grew up here, uh, went to school here, coached here and has left a huge imprint on countless lives here in the Kansas City Metro. And so, Fred, thank you for joining us today, and um, wonderful to have you. Just wanted to get things rolling. We'll go ahead and jump right into a, to a question. You could talk a little bit about, you know, kind of your, your history and growing up, but then tell us, how did you, how'd you get started in coaching? What did that look like? Well, first, I wanted to thank uh, Ryan and Alex for allowing me to be on the program and uh, share some things and uh, it's been a great uh, 46 years of coaching and teaching and uh, my two sons uh, were in coaching and teaching. Uh, Tom was at uh, Lee Summit Middle School in Pleasant Lee and uh, James was at Ray Peck. They both retired now and between the three of us we coached 105 years of football. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, touched a lot of lives, and uh, they sort of copied things that I did, and and I know it was, we all tried to do at least good leadership and everything. But getting back to your question, it's pretty easy. Uh, Gosh, I I knew what I wanted to do when I was in the fourth, fifth grade. I wanted to be a coach. And for some reason, I wanted to coach at Minnesota Gophers. That was my one of my goals. I wanted to. That was the dream job. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I, I don't know why in the world I picked that, but Big Ten, you know, around a long time. And, and uh, anyway, but uh, gosh, I used to do stuff. My dad started off in uh, baking, and uh, he, you know, had a lot of baking stories, but he got into sales with them. And, uh, uh, but he'd bring home flower sacks and I'd fill them dirt and leaves and tie them up on the tree and use it as tackling dummy. And, and just, uh, we had uh, sandlot football. That was a great learning experience when you did it yourself. And, uh, sure. and uh, so it was, it was pretty easy. And then uh, coming into high school, uh, they, my freshman year was the first year they had freshman football. And uh, they just didn't have a lot there then, and uh, so I was I was out there. I got played a little bit of JV, and uh, and then uh, uh, started at Paseo High School uh, junior and senior year, and uh, and uh, then went from there to uh, William Jewell College. Right. And um, I know this is one question you were going to ask me later, but I'll just mention it now. Some of the coaches that were instrumental in my life. Uh, was definitely uh, my high school coach uh, Nelson Dwight and Andy Nursky. Uh, they were great guys, and a jewel was uh, Norris Patterson and Jim Nelson. Mm. And 
You know, what was great about all those, the biggest thing that stood out, never heard any bad language. And that was, that, you know, I just didn't know. We didn't have it around our house and, and all those things. So that was uh, really helped out in my coaching that, you know, the, the guys that taught me, they didn't have to use that language and I didn't either. And we didn't at home. And so that, that was comfortable all the way through in coaching. And uh, and Coach Patterson, while I was at Jewel, that, that was a great. Uh, I learned how to win. We uh, four years, we won 33, lost six, and tied three. So hmm. that's uh, you know pretty good deal there. That's, that's pretty great. And you know it's interesting. You mentioned you know the, the the language that the coaches are using or not using. Um, you know we talk a lot in coaching circles about culture and the environment that we create for our athletes. And I think there are. There are a lot of people out there who, who just, who think that, you know, there are ways that, that to motivate young people that require, you know, certain words and whatnot. And we didn't come here today to talk a whole lot about, you know, uh, coaching and language and, and, and all of that. But that is, a, it's part of the bigger picture of the, the culture and the environment that we create in our programs. And it shows people something about who we are. And I'm sure that, you know, one of your goals as a coach, and you can talk about this, I know that, you know, as you've talked about, not just how you got into coaching, but, but some more of why you got into coaching, why you remained in coaching. Talk about what you wanted your players to see in you okay. and what you yeah, wanted I'm them to on. become. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, as I wanted to move up, and I interviewed a number of times for coaching positions, and they always seemed to have, what's your philosophy of coaching? Yeah. And uh, back then... Uh, I, you know, I, I trying to figure out to make it simple, and uh, so I, I just started to make it. And I don't know whether this is good or not, but I said I wanted to coach, like I would want the coach to coach my sons. Yeah. And mm. uh, I know, and 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 in coaching, I I really was a little different. I'm not a holler guy, pretty laid back, quiet, but I can, you know, get. I can get upset just like anybody else, but I can do it <laughs> in a different way. Right. And uh, that was very meaningful because I, th I think, you know, there's more to W's and L's. And, uh, and I know as soon as you say that, well, there's people say, well, you don't want to win because you don't want to win all every game. And, but, you know, 10 years from now, everybody's as good as everybody <laughs> else. <laughs> sure. And, but life goes on, and uh, I just tried to make it like a learning a life's lessons, mm -hmm. and uh, that was important to me. And and I never asked the kids to do things that I wouldn't do myself. And I I could not have gotten into coaching if uh, I was a strong believer on uh, training. Drinking, smoking, all all this drugs now because didn't have a lot of drugs way back there then, and uh, it just uh, those things, you know. If I and there were a lot of coaches that were smoking back then, and then they're asking their kids not to. Sure. It's just like dad and mom trying to discipline you, and they're they're doing it themselves. Right. And, uh, so anyway, just things like that. It was really important to me. I I did that, and I just. You know, if I ask kids to do something just simple and they didn't want to do it, that you know, in practice, you know, they might not play very much mm -hmm. on Friday night. 
down. That that probably I'd go back through and it probably cost me some games there once in a while because I didn't play some kids. But you know, everybody has to be themselves. And uh, bottom line is, whenever you discipline or anything like that, too many people are saying that the coach did something. No, the coach didn't do it. The players made a choice. Right. And so we have to live with choices, and I think uh, you that's uh, very yeah. important. Sure. Well, and, and, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about that. We we know that there are so many things that a coach can, can build into young people, but and it's hard to know well, which is the most important or whatnot, but one of the most important would certainly be to help them learn some accountability and to, to be able to take responsibility for their decisions that they make and for their actions. And when you do that in a team context, you know, when a player makes the bad choice or whatever and doesn't get to play on a Friday night or doesn't get to play as much or whatever and maybe the team suffers, there's a real lesson there, isn't there, about, you know, my decisions, my behavior doesn't just affect me. It affects mm -hmm. all these people that I that I care about. But uh, there was one incident. Uh, this has happened at other schools, too, but this was on the twilight of my career. But anyway, we had an incident uh, school uh, for homecoming. Uh, some students got into the school and, and sprayed uh, the lockers with uh, uh, shaving lotion. Okay. At least they didn't paint it. Yeah, I was. Th I thought you were going with spray paint. So <laughs> no, shaving yeah. lotion sounds like that's something we could clean up. But yeah. that's still yeah, okay. Still yeah. breaking into the school. Not yeah, good. Anyway, I, I get to their school and they they're talking to the senior class and, and they're just dead silence. And the superintendent came in and she said uh, we had some kids that got into the school and they're not going to be able to play tonight. Mm. And I said, hey, down behind that, a hundred percent. Because I said, and unfortunately, we had uh, four starters, and uh, so uh, we lost the game. And uh, we were playing Hogan, and Phil Lasquala was a coach over there, and he played for me at Blue Springs. So that was his first win that year. And uh, we lost the next game because they were still pouting because they couldn't play in the homecoming game. Well, after it was over, there was parents came up to me, a couple of them real hostile. Mm. And said, uh, "You you lost the game. You you uh, you hurt the whole team." And I had to stop him right there. And I reminded him, I said, "Who made that choice to do that?" Yeah. And I said, "You're lucky your kid isn't in jail for breaking into school and doing that." And so they wanted a punishment on Monday or Tuesday. Well, you don't learn anything that way. Yeah. And that's just like a lot of parents do their discipline that way. You know, mm -hmm. and it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I want to I want to talk ask you more about that discipline. Um, you know, I think about sometimes in in football, it kind of takes on a culture of like a, a military culture because it's almost like you're running a small army. There's so many guys, all these different um, positions and roles but you sound like you tried to create a culture where the coach acted like a father and the team acted more like a family and and discipline is a part of that you know can you talk a little bit about maybe the contrast there between like a, a military style discipline versus like a family discipline and, and treating the kids like like they're your own sons well I, I think uh, by example Mm -hmm. If uh, if you're a leader and uh, everybody's looking at you, mm -hmm. so what you do, what you say, how you act, 
it's just a reflection on, you know, it uh, tells in the scriptures, whatever comes out of your mouth has come from your heart. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, how many of us would like to pull back something we said or did and it's done. And, right. and now you've, you've shown got, your heart in that moment and for better or for worse that's what you've it got is to spend yeah. a lot of time now you got to bring in forgiveness and <laughs> and uh, hate and anger and, and you know it just it, it's uh, it's a life lesson and I think that's that's really important you know you just uh, it's got to be a meaningful lesson mm -hmm. so you don't want to destroy a person but you want to do it in love and, right. Uh, if they yeah. can understand that, uh, and I know you, you get a lot of athletes, and and teaching. That's why I stayed in it so long. Uh, teaching. I see a lot of teachers that they check in. And they don't want to find out much about their kids and everything. And I tried to find out. I got 25, 30 in a classroom. Every one of them's different. How 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 can you get to them and help mm -hmm. them out? And uh, not afraid to. Uh, mention uh you know where, where you stand spiritually and you know you just uh, at least get their mind thinking and well some of them they don't even know parents aren't teaching that you know sure mm -hmm. and uh, well and that's interesting you know you, you shared with us earlier before we began recording that uh, you're 88 years old and uh, you came to faith in christ when you were eight and so we've got 80 years now eight decades of following jesus and so uh I know that as I, as as Alec and I listen to you, you know we can hear, um, you know the role that you know, your faith has played and continues to play as you as you lead people, as you love people. Um, but what I want to ask you, and you can certainly you know dig into the spiritual side and 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 the role that your faith plays in this. If you could talk to 22, 23 year old Fred Merrill. If you could talk to him now, what advice would you give yourself back in those days? Well, I, I surely. What do you know now that you wish you knew then? I could be more organized. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, my mom was a spiritual leader in our house. Dad, dad accepted Christ when he was older, and uh, I had one sister four years older, and. Uh, but mom, mom was great. She showed so much compassion, and she pounded into me, "You respect the elderly and the and women." And mm. uh, it was, just, and my sister used that a little bit to the extreme. She'd uh, take advantage because she knew I wasn't going to do anything. <laughs> so, but uh, gosh, uh, you know, they. It was. Uh, my dad never. Uh, Never spanked me or anything like that. I, you know, he probably wanted to a few times, but, uh, uh, and, and, you know, accepting Christ at eight years old, he said, well, you don't know that, but I'll tell you what, I went down the aisle crying like a baby, and I knew something had happened in my life, mm. and uh, we just happened to attend a Baptist church, and, and I got baptized, and I knew that was real because I was afraid of water, and it took forever for him to get me under the water. So, uh, but, you know, on that journey, uh, sure, I stumbled. I made wrong choices. I, I you know, I, but, mm -hmm. man, God gave me a big conscience. Every, anytime I did something, I just, I felt so bad. Hmm. I, I'd have to, I immediately went to my parents or the people that I did or something, and there was 
two or three situations that I didn't, and I always think about that, you know, why didn't I do that? But uh, anyway, I, you know, it just, I'm ready to, hey, I'm sorry I did it, I, I admit I'm wrong and move on, but, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you, your wife doesn't always agree with you. Mm. On that. We've been married 66 years, so it, uh, it's, it's really been uh, met her at Jewel. And, uh, mm -hmm. So I, I, I think to answer your question, <clears throat> it's just got to become natural. It's like everybody's got Bibles in their house, but do they use them? Uh, yeah. and, and that changed my life around. I was asked to teach a Sunday school class when I got out of the service, came back, and I was at Liberty. And uh, uh, they, whoever it was asked me, and I, eh, I gave the usual answers. I don't know enough, you know, and all that. And so I prayed about it, and, you know, why not? Uh, and I had a seventh grade class, and uh, the preacher's son was in that class. And I thought, oh, he's going to go over and tell his dad how, how much I don't know. And all that <laughs> stuff. But Billy Link was his name. And, he turned out, I mean, he's just like any other kid. He, he didn't talk to his dad in that deep stuff <laughs> a lot of times. Mm. So, you know, once I got in that, get into the Word, and I'm still learning. Uh, you know, it's like going to football clinics. Uh, gosh, I went to so many clinics, and my wife got tired of that. She said, what do you learn today? And I said, I don't know very much. Mm. I said, these guys know more football than I do. And... So, you know, whenever you think you know everything and you're you're not gonna you're not gonna grow up. <laughs> yeah. You know, move on. It's you're just continually learning. Right. And it's I've gotten to eighty eight so quick and I think that's because being in coaching and teaching and young and trying to hmm. keep up with the kids, but uh it uh, gosh it it's been a, a, a great run for Yeah. For us, and my wife taught visually impaired, and and uh, got another daughter that she was in teaching for 20 years, and that you know we just all helping out and doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Is there any one habit that you think, like a spiritual habit, that you think would be really good to have as a coach for your spiritual development? Well, for me, I like to have a devotion time in the morning getting started now. Sometimes it's it's, it's quicker than it should be, and, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm a slow reader, and, and uh, sometimes, you know, you get in there, so we read the Bible through and everything. In fact, our church is doing that now, and I'm already behind, but I, I get to looking at the passage, you know, and before you do it, you know, you could take hours to yeah. to dig in there but uh, I think starting a day off with that uh, uh, devotion uh, really helped out and, yeah why do you think that's important well it gets you in the right you're mentally you're getting mm -hmm. uh, what God wants to do if uh, you know we all get busy we have uh, <clears throat> got ours what we're going to do for that day and and everything and and I, and I still fall short on that and here's the deal where it's a weakness and on witnessing you know during the day I'll run across some people that I should say something to but I'm thinking of what I'm doing you know and before you know it and then when I leave uh, that particular situation I think oh jeepers I, I should have I, you know had every opportunity to do that didn't, didn't even say one word you know 
So that that's uh, something you need to look at if mm -hmm. uh, you know it's different different things. But yeah, when you have been successful in sharing your testimony, like what have you learned is makes it successful usually. Mike Nastro, do you know Mike? I don't. Yeah, he was a track coach. Okay. Jewish, Jewish guy, and so Mike and I were talking to him all the time about that, we, about Jesus, and he, we'd go on to go somewhere, and he says, "I'll go with you, but don't talk to me about Jesus tonight." <laughs> so, so we said, "Okay, we won't do that." But uh, when I left Shawnee Mission South, uh, I don't know, it was probably two or three years after I'd retired there, and uh, surely said, uh, Mike Nasters on the phone. It was in the middle of the afternoon during the summertime, I didn't, either June, July. And uh, Mike uh, called and he said, Coach Merrill, he said, I wanted to tell you. He, he said, uh, you guys have been after me for so long and everything, but he said, I have finally accepted Christ as my personal savior. Mm. So a 60 year old person being Jewish, that's a God thing. I mean, we had we were praying for him, and uh, that was probably from the short time I knew him. It, it was probably uh, almost 20 years. Wow. And uh, so, you, you know, it just you can't give up on people. Yeah, and I think I, that's encouraging to like see that you were bold. Sometimes it didn't work out, but then sometimes 20 years later it works out. You know, and sometimes if sometimes we kind of think okay, I talked to someone or I had a conversation and, and nothing happened, that must have been a failure. But it's not always the case that it's a failure. Sometimes you're just planting a seed and it takes years for it to to kind of grow up, doesn't it? Well, it's just like in the scriptures, you know, like, uh, what was it, Paul and Apollos? He said, uh, uh, Apollos put the word there and Paul's fertilizer mm -hmm. did that and God does the work. Well that's just yeah. it. At the end of the day it's not we who save people, right? It's it's we yes. who share the stories of what God's done in our lives and and who how God has revealed himself to us and then it's really it's really up to the Holy Spirit to uh, to turn that into life change in other people. That's that's not our role and mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah. <laughs> thank God that it's not our role cuz uh, I'm not in the saving business. I'm in the telling people about what he's done for me. So, so as you talk about like what makes a coach transformational, you talked about openness. Like, so how is openness important for impacting lives? What do you well, mean by that? Well, uh, on our FCA, I, I always said I told them, and I may have mentioned that earlier, that uh, uh, we got FCA meeting. That's what we're going to do about it, spiritual, and uh, so the context is right there. And you might want to pray. Well, I mean, we'd have pray. There were a couple kids uh, on the team, brothers. Their dad was had gotten real sick, and they just told me about it. And I don't know that day before we started practice, we had a prayer and play, prayed for prayed for his dad. And uh, you know, he got he got uh, back to, uh, got well again, and uh, he came by the school and he said, "I understood that you prayed for me." Before we had a practice, and I said, "Yeah, we did that." And he said, "Well, I really appreciate it." He said, "I'm back to normal now," and he said, "I'm sure that helped." So just things like that, and uh, you know, I, I'm be willing. It's a great example. My dad did not want to let me let me know 
if he had troubles with anything. He tried mm -hmm. to hide it, you know, and right. uh, get an extra job because we didn't have the money and mm -hmm. things like that. And uh, I was just open with, with our kids. You, you know, just being honest. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, somebody asked, well, why don't you throw the ball more? Well, if you come to practice and watch our, our passer, uh, you can come to practice. I had an open, open. I had parents come to practice. Sure. I said, if you got an open mind, I don't want you coming if you're just going to come to just look at your son and everything. I said, watch everything. And uh, I said, you will be able to understand why we do things. So I said, don't don't come with open mind. Yeah. But uh, it did take a while to change uh, for them to get used to, well, he's telling, telling the story. They had trouble at home. Uh, his wife's sick or you know and a lot of coaches they'll never say anything about yeah. Yeah. things like that but come on guys you, you know they got the same problems at home that I do that, right. and, and when they realize that you know hey I want to play for that guy I, I'll, go the, I'll go the distance for him because mm -hmm. he's going the distance for me mm. yeah and, uh, I think what's important what you're saying there is that when you're open and you're honest about your struggles the, the things you face and then you're letting people see you work to overcome those things they're seeing you change they're seeing you grow and they're also they're you're not giving this um projected image of yourself of being perfect or strong or having it all together you're allowing them to see your weaknesses and then you work through those right you yeah think and that's i important. think uh you know when they understand that uh through christ you know god god's going to help you get over the hump or you know get mm -hmm. through it too many people think that everything's going to be rosy uh when you accept christ but no the challenges are, are still even there greater yeah even greater sometimes uh, yeah. so you have to be careful i remember one i had prostate cancer there was about four coaches that we all had it uh same when i was over at shiny mission but uh i was uh, diagnosed with it and i'm going down the hall you know and some of the kids say how you doing coach I said, good, okay, and I'm walking on, and I'm just thinking to myself, well, really, I'm not too good because I got to have, uh, you know, mm -hmm. have prostate surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, but during that time, there was a coach uh, that uh, over on the Missouri side, and uh, he said, you know, I found out you're going you're to have prostate surgery, and I said, yeah, and he said, well. How come you, you don't ever say anything about it? See, you're real calm. And I said, you know, Bill, I said, if I die on the operating table, I know where I'm going. I, was, I said, I'm at peace, I, and I got nothing to worry about. And I mean, I don't want to go yet, but I said, if it happens, it happens. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> and the older I get and the closer I get to that, uh, that uh, end, uh, I can see why people are looking forward to going and seeing Jesus. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, just go. Uh, we got the Bible, and if you understand it, that's the truth. And we, if we all go by that, then we're all on the same page. Well, Fred, we um, really appreciate you joining us on the show, and I so appreciate your openness and your honesty. And also just love your boldness to share your faith and 
and just your commitment to Jesus in the Bible is so clear for, for everyone to see. So pray that God would just continue to strengthen you um, so you can just continue going strong all the way to the end. So love that. So Ryan, do you have anything you want to add? Well, Fred, it has been wonderful to have you with us. This has, as we said at the outset, this has been an absolute treat. Thank you for, uh, for your time today. Thank you for your heart for God and your heart for people. And we wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Well, thank you very much. I, I enjoyed that. And, uh, I, you know, like I, like I said, we're, we're learning all the time. And uh, if you, if you, and uh, there has to be a spiritual learning along with this. You know, we're not just out there going through there. God didn't create puppets. He lets us make choices. And uh, I hope with, uh, you know, you know Christ, you can make those good choices. Yeah. But I appreciate it. You guys have a Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Thank you very Thank you. much. Yeah. Thanks again to Fred Merrill for coming on the show and sharing some of the wisdom from his many years of coaching. We truly appreciate it, and we are so glad we were able to capture just some of your stories to share with our audience. And if you're interested in learning more about coaching purpose, um, we have a wide variety of resources that will help you grow as a coach. If you check out our website, communityforcoaches.org. And until next time, keep coaching with purpose.